I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome everyone to Strictly Hoops with CJ Miles. What you're listening to right there, that's Busa from the man himself, Mass Fresco. Check it out on Apple Music. Where else can they find it? Everywhere. Um, Everywhere. Shameless plug. It's on every platform. <laughs> uh, welcome, everyone, once again to Strictly Hoops with CJ Miles. Rate, review, subscribe on your podcast platforms, YouTube. Watch it there because it's a great experience. You get to see myself and CJ doing our thing. We're happy people. Go lucky people. Thanks. And so are the Raptors. Look, Thanks. three Thanks. wins in a row, yo. Three wins. First time Thanks. they've done that all season. What's up, Can't man? How win. are you? I'm good, man. You know, like you said, three wins in a row. Like the, first the time this season, you can't win one in a row. Can't win, can't win two in a row till you win one. Can't win Kyle three Corver. till you win two. Yeah, you gotta yeah. stack them up, man. It's it's one game, yeah. one foot after the other. Actually, shout out to him. I think he just got. Uh, I think he's an assistant general manager now with uh, really? the Atlanta Hawks. That. I think that was just announced really? not too long ago. Let me verify that. But I think the last thing I saw, he was doing some stuff with the Nets, right? He mm, yeah, there. he was up there helping Ben Simmons, and I think he was kind of doing some consulting yeah. stuff, but. That's that's dope if he if he if yeah he the Hawks are finalizing the deal to make Kyle Corbin assistant general manager, yeah, that's so crazy. good for him. Yeah, man, it's also wild to see all these guys that I play with like, like just on mm. gone and doing all this different stuff. Yeah. You know, there's like no, yeah. all the guys I know left in the league just from being they were like the young boys. I don't like all the guys that are my vets are like far gone. Sure. I mean, as you disclosed uh, on last episode, the one before that, you have your opportunity too to do a little bit of stuff like that. You could yeah. be in with a team or something like that. But that time will come, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's the difference. <laughs> There's plenty of raptor stuff to talk about right now, and that's facts, why we facts. that's why we talk about uh, that's people what we talk making about three pointers. Ooh, right, right. <laughs> Man, you said yeah. it would come around, but I mean, at some point, I was like, uh, "CJ, is it going to? <laughs> is, is it going to?" Because TikTok, TikTok, man, we are, we are almost at I the mean, halfway point of the season, and they're still I'm, missing. Yeah, you, you don't know when or what yeah. going to trigger it, but like you know, we know shooting is ninety percent confidence. Yeah. It may be even yeah. more. It's about uh-huh. reps, repetition, and you know, they, I know they get in the reps, and then you get a guy that gets going. Like OG mm-hmm. has six threes in the one night and it kind of gets sure. contagious and yeah. everybody shoots with more confidence and then that mm. makes the offense pop different. Exactly. Because everybody's got confidence in being able to make open shots. Well, it seems like they have now committed, I think at least, to the OG starting lineup. That's with Gary Trent Jr. in there. So I think he's in the starting lineup uh, for the foreseeable future, which I think is probably the smartest move for the team. Um I think with with him and you and I have talked about like maybe the move to the bench was good holistically for the Raptors, but I think it's fair to say, and you, I think you've talked about this as well, that he is a valuable member of what this Raptors team is. The idea mm-hmm. of moving him to the bench was to kind of spread the wealth a little bit, even out mm-hmm. like you, you need some bench scoring, so he would help with that. Um, there was a bit of muddying of the waters in a sense with all the starters. There's just so there's so much talent there, and there wasn't enough ball to go around. And so you do something like that, it would even it out. But actually, it didn't go very well in the long run. Gary mm-hmm. has found his way. He got healthy. Um, he started feeling good, and now he's playing pretty well. Last night he didn't shoot very well, but I mean that's a, we'll get to some of that stuff in a, in a second. But overall, your faith in the squad, uh, what we've seen the past three games, they've beaten the Charlotte Hornets and the Portland Trailblazers. The offense has looked much better, so but you got to keep the opponent in mind. They got a cover a tougher stretch coming up here, Knicks a few times, Bucks. But do you think they've turned a corner? Is there reason to believe that this is a bit different than any of the two game winning streaks we've seen earlier on the season? I mean, three in a row is a corner, no matter how you want to put it. Yeah, especially when we haven't done it all year <laughs> and we're going through. Especially we're right now. Sure. What we going through? This is substantially better than where we were. Uh-huh. A week ago, a week yeah. and a half ago, you know what I mean? So it, mm-hmm. I don't care how small it is or whatever you want to call it. I know we used to winning and we, we got a certain thing 
that we want to be and want to do, but we got to take, yeah, take this for what it is right now. You know, we doing something better. These are still NBA teams. Um, we doing something right. We got some confidence going. You know, we can turn three into five, mm-hmm. five into eight. You know, and we can go on a run. And now this whole season is totally different. Yeah. But you know, you gotta you gotta take it. You know, little chunks at a time. Break down your opponents and, and keep going. And shot making, I think, has been has been the biggest issue to me. I think you know, throughout this season, because of how odd it's been for the Raptors. Like they haven't been losing like this since like 2012, I believe. Um, and so when that's happening, everyone's going to be like, "It's this." No, it's that. No, it's this. And to me, it mm-hmm. has always come down to their half court offense and the lack of production that 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 that's been generating and also just like shot making in general because i think that's influenced in their transition defense their defense as a whole their spirit when the shots aren't falling man like it's i mean it's just simple like you got to hit shots to win games and the days of winning games like when you know 70 to 62 are way over we're talking (laughs) like nonstop about you know how many players these days are putting up 40 points in 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 a game right it's at a historic rate right now they yeah. was it like the nineteenth something game? Somebody they had fifty, and that was like the. It's like nobody's yeah. the way yeah. they play. The way the game is played right now, you up need and to down score. tempo. Yeah, the amount of shots, the amount of attempts. Like you can't come away empty-handed, especially no. with his three being shot. We sure. talking about we talking about ten o runs in three possessions. <laughs> it's you true. know what I mean? If we being <laughs> real about it, you know what I'm saying? We talking about ten. That's, yeah. that's that's the three possessions can happen in forty seconds. <laughs> it's true it's true you know what i mean that's you, why we see yeah. you see these these crazy warrior segments where they push leads from four to 20 and it's like a two and a half minute flurry mm. of just them playing with such a pace and such mm. a amount of movement it makes just opportunities and even when they miss shots there's such good shots everybody's confidence is still high yeah that's the kind of bop you want to have with your with your offense which i have court it's like that confidence comes from making shots too, though. So it's a mm-hmm. catch. It's yeah. a weird space, but it, it, that's a, that's they set the the precedent for that. And now everyone's doing it. Everyone's capable of putting up a 10-0 run in a minute and a half, and that's where the Raptors have I felt has have been lacking due to shot making. You know, it's yeah. it's fun to see. You know, they get like you know have a streak of like ten made two point buckets. But that's not the same as another team that's going to have like five buckets, but they're all going to be threes. It's just different, right? Mm-hmm. It's different pacing to their offense. And now, I mean, uh, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. And uh, I've sent a few tweets over the past like 24 hours just being like, okay, like obviously the opponent has to be kept in mind, but their process uh, in their half court offense is very different. Um, just a few numbers, because I think numbers are relevant with what I'm talking about here is um, if you look at the past three games versus the uh, the rest of the regular season in terms of the Raptors per game averages, they're averaging like, I don't know, another 40 touches per game. Secondary assists are way up. Passes made per game are way up. Their effective field goal percentage is way up. Their offensive rating is way up. Their points per 100 half court plays is up from 91.8 or 112.1. That is a considerable increase. And even if you just look at the product itself, it's very different. What are you seeing? I don't even have the right. Like I was trying to, cause I'm trying, I was trying to put together everything you was saying. I don't <laughs> even have the right like answer for it right now. I just think yeah. it's just the offense is just, it goes. So there's just these spaces where yeah. they, they just can't, it seems like they don't remember, remember uh-huh. like there's these lows and there's these, these times or, when you got a guys, when you have guys that are talented or are growing into a talented space where they do things by themselves, you kind of kind of want to give them that because sure. there's a trust in that too. So you want to get out of Pascal's way. You want to get out of Gary's way. You want to get out of Fred's way, even OG's way when he's in certain things. And when you get to standing and watching guys like that and start depending on just that, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard no matter like, and we'll have these other times where the it's popping around, we're getting up and down, there's stops happening, there's three, four passes to an open shot, backdoor cuts, these things with this energy, right? And that comes from everybody feeling like they're in a space where I'm going to get mine without having to do all that work. Like, I feel it. Yeah. Like, the pace the pace is so high. There's so many chances. Yeah. Like, everybody's getting 18 shots. Like, and, and then guys coming off the bench are getting 12, 13 shots. Yeah. Like, if that's the way, if you can play with that type of pace, 
then we don't have to worry about people trusting and buying in all the mm -hmm. time. Yeah. We can, we can, we can, everybody's, everybody's getting their just do. There's so much food. Like sure. everybody's going to eat. It's but, Thanksgiving. Yeah, <laughs> man, stuffing all year. <laughs> well, that's what the great Kevin Durant once said is I'm not sure why we don't eat stuffing all year. And I agree, but you, you look at that Warriors team with Kevin Durant and what was so beautiful about them is obviously the talent, but they were so unselfish. And sometimes it was clay going off for 35. It was Steph on another night going for 40. And then it was KD, you know, doing 50 sometimes. Right. And now the Raptors obviously aren't the same kind of thing, but when everybody is touching the ball and everyone feels involved, and that is happening through, you know, not holding onto the ball so much, you're moving without the ball, backdoor cuts, there's more off-ball screening, there's on-ball screening. When all these things are happening, everyone's involved. And I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you, do you not think that shot make when it comes to shot making, a player is more likely to make shots if they're touching the ball three, four times in a possession versus one? Just touching. The ball. I I, no, I think being involved in the plays definitely helps you find a rhythm. Yeah. Being and more movement and more things that get the ball just moving and getting to be able to touch it to feel like even you not scoring on the possession, you still had a part in it. Mm -hmm. You start to feel the spacing. You start to feel, okay, yeah. he just got a backdoor cut because I did this. If he helps on a pick and roll, I know I can raise here. Like the more I'm involved in it, the more I can see opportunities that don't demand me stopping the ball. Sure. Um, and, and then on the side note, like with a guy who does get it going, it should be, the, it's the exact opposite. You don't see that enough. Like a guy gets it going. We need to do whatever we can do. Everybody's got to recognize that. Mm. So like now that, that's another reason why that guy might start to feel like he's demanding shots or stopping the ball because he made two of his last three and nobody tried to make an effort to get him. You know what I mean? I feel like I got it going. Like not to make this a Warriors thing, but you know, the Warriors are the best team I ever seen that doing that. A guy's got it going, they will exhaust every option to get that guy the ball to possession. Sure. Guys will pass up shots to get that guy the ball. And if he misses one, they'll get him another one just to make sure that it was just the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's they the got way. Flamethrowers. They got flamethrowers. This is right? also true. This is true. Yeah. But I think there's a confidence that you build in your mm -hmm. teammate by doing that. Mm -hmm. There's a trust that I'm building. Like, nah, I'm Steph Curry, but you got it going. Right. Like, I recognize that. I'm Fred Van Fleet. You got it going. I recognize that I'm going to get you the ball as many times as I can in that stretch. Because that's the best play for us to win the game. Yeah. It does seem like there's just a lot more continuity. And they're playing as a unit. Like, it seems like there is an actual identity now. Before, there was an identity. But it was just isolation basketball. And there's so many players just standing there. You're not mm -hmm. seeing a lot of player movement. And now what I actually love most about this is that when you look at their possessions, the paint, like the paint and everything around the restricted area is wide open. There's no player standing there. And the ways in which they're clearing sides and getting players moving into space and then orchestrating offense, <clears throat> that's where it's really, really nice to see is that's where, that's where the continuity comes, the cohesion. It seems like there is an identity and a, a style of play forming with the Raptors. And it's been happening like pretty quickly here. Um, because even like two weeks ago, we weren't seeing them doing what they're doing now. I mentioned the stats that I, I mentioned earlier. They weren't playing like this. And it seems like there has been just a, a change in the formula of their offense. I don't think the players in the starting lineup, I don't think they're selfish players. That's what was so puzzling about all this. Because mm -hmm. even last season, yeah. they didn't it's have weird. a half-court offense. But it was better than this. And so I'm like, what is going on here? And I've talked about it. I'm like, I wonder if it's just scheme, you know, their actions, their sets. I think there's maybe they're just not uh being utilized properly and maybe that is what, what we're seeing now is that they're all being involved more they're all you know willing capable screeners and this is the product of it i love seeing gary Trent jr like do backdoor cuts he did two last night scotty barnes found him for on both occasions and when you and i talked about you know how far are the raptors from the boston celtics half court offense and you're like it's not much and i think that's what we're seeing now like it isn't a lot you got to do it's process it's uh, doing things with purpose. It's and then just like being creative. And a lot of these things, you can talk about it from a coaching staff standpoint. And like you tell the players at halftime and uh, you can talk to them on the bench and before games. But sometimes it is just on the player to go ahead and do them. And it seems like there is a bit more autonomy for them to make a backdoor cut. Right. For Gary Trent Jr. Where he's been able to mm -hmm. get a few buckets out of it. Yeah, I think 
the the biggest thing is like I don't think there's like we talk about the ISO offense and guys being in these positions. I don't think that like you said, those guys are not selfish. That's which is weird. Even when I got there, there was a big problem with it. They hated people were mad about I shouldn't say people, but like we weren't producing more with the way we were playing with Debo. Like he was an isolation mid-range guy and he was tremendous. It was great. You won a lot of games playing that way. Like this is proving you can be successful, but like at the end of the day, it's hard for a championship offense to come out of that. Yeah. Like it's just hard. Like you've seen Luca try it. You've seen James Harden try it. Um, Debo in Toronto. Sometimes you see some nights you see Pascal do it. It's going to be nice. Those guys can win you games, but to win a whole, to, to have a winning season, go through the playoffs, win a championship. Yeah. It's hard to have an offense where guys stand around and watch that. Like why, why would I backdoor cut in the middle of an ISO? Like if there's no sure. move, no other movement, I'm gonna run into somebody. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I can't see that. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just they they put themselves in a position by being so talented <laughs> too. <laughs> like by being so good one on one in the mid range. If I'm Pascal, of course I'm gonna get out of Pascal's way. Yeah. And stand here and wait for somebody to go double. Like it makes sense. Hmm. He put up a crazy efficient game last night. Eleven of 13, 35 points, and it was effortless. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, not no, no, effortless, yeah. obviously, but like, I, I tweeted about this. I would love to get to a point where Pascal Siakam is putting up 25 plus each game and it feels quiet because mm -hmm. everyone's eating. Everyone's getting their opportunities. Mm -hmm. he, he's hitting a few catch and shoot threes. That's actually been pretty good the past uh, few weeks. He was three of three last night. Um, he's getting to the free throw line. He's just like finding his spots. He's drawing so many fouls now, maybe a little bit of uh, respect from the officials. Man. I don't know because um, he's certainly earned it, but he only had three assists last night, right? And that's that's not a bad thing. It's because yes. Scotty Barnes had eight and Fred Van Vliet had nine and OG had four. Like, eh, these are good signs. Um, those are signs of everybody being involved. Exactly. And one person that I think has probably made the biggest change in terms of their, their production is Scotty Barnes. Um, I think the Raptors are using him pretty differently. And I asked him about this a few like last week or a week before. And I asked him about like, you know, his process because we were coming off the Bucks game where he had that like huge burst of scoring. He had like, you know, 15 in like eight minutes. But before that, he wasn't even like remotely looking to score the ball. And there were cases where like they're playing a really deep drop on him and he's not shooting the ball. And I mm -hmm. asked him about that. I'm like, how do you decide what, like, what your process is and like when you're going to play make versus when you're going to score. And I think this was the early stages of what we're seeing now is that the Raptors were looking for him to become um, something of a Marcus Saul with what he was with the Toronto Raptors as a next action, big set screens and just keep the ball moving. And it's been profitable for the Raptors so far. I mean, with the with the guys that are around him, yeah, he's most effective that way now. Anyway, mm -hmm. I know there's things you want to add to his game and things he has added to his game and things he can do, but as a unit and you, we are more productive with you playing this way. Yeah, ball movement, the, the even your scoring is going up because of the opportunities you're getting because the ball is just in your hands, faster, quicker decisions, and there's no standing around. Um, I think it's just about understanding that. And being able to just pick your spots because it can get to a point where he's averaging 18 to 20 quiet. Just because we run, we run three or four actions throughout the game. We just run them so well that we just pick them apart. We don't have to have these set plays all the time. And if we can get you moving with that pace, where the ball's moving, not sticking, and you changing size and you're doing different things, you're gonna create so many opportunities for yourself just from being at the pace. Just because guys don't want to guard it. Because we know, and we're playing in a don't foul league. Like, don't foul. Like, let's get it out. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like, that's how yeah, it goes. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. He's a really good screener, right? Mm-hmm. And I really think good that's screener. a big space with the spacing play with now because yeah. of his playmaking skills, him setting really high pick and rolls, and, if, and the guards can't turn the corner, they throw it back to him, and now he's got the whole middle of the floor to play with. Yeah. He can go attack his guy change size help comes he got two shooters maybe one shooter on the other side depending on the setup but like i think it creates such a dynamic for him that it also takes that iso feeling out of the play sure. like oh everybody's looking at me and i gotta overthink my move like now i just catch mm -hmm. it i only see one defender and i just go make a play yeah 
what are the advantages of having a playmaking big like him? I'm calling him a big. I mean, he's playing center, so let's call him a playmaking big. What are the advantages of having someone like him, uh, Sabonis, Jokic, being that kind of facilitator versus a point guard? I think um, we keep talking about pace, but I think at some point it speeds up the pace the other guys can play with because now you got your biggest guy out of the equation. Mm, interesting. So, you know what I mean? So, like, now how fast we can change sides, like get that guy to the other side and set a different screen and different things we can do, and everybody wants to switch. Um, So, like, you know, they're kind of, like, almost zoned up. So even the guy guarding the ball is backed off, which is an advantage, too, because now I see the floor. Mm-hmm. Now you want to go crowd Jokic. Like, these guys are crafty enough to get by guys their own size and do different yeah. things. I know if he's playing point guard, I can't put a point guard on him because then I'm going to have to go guard him in the post. It creates mm-hmm. all these different dynamics that allow you to almost play anybody on the floor. Like, you look at who Denver will have, like, it'll be Jokic is, I guess he's the point guard. I don't know what you want to call him, but he's a <laughs> ball handler. He's and MVP is what he is. <laughs> Aaron, Gordon, Aaron Gordon is like the five. Yeah. He's the one ducking in, posting up in the screen mm-hmm. and rolls, doing the he's the one doing the dirty work of that nature. And you got Jamal Murray running around now, who's getting healthy and, and shooting the ball the way he shoots the ball. There's like that team is built. Um, it's made what's the kid's name with the headband? Is it more Brown? Brown's because Brown plays the way he plays with Yoki being the point guard, he turns that guy into a 15 to 18 night score because he just moves. Oh, they knew exactly what they were doing when they got him. That was you know a great I mean? pickup for the Nuggets. And he can be the roller. Yeah. And he's making threes this year. Stand still. Yeah. I love the Nuggets. I love watching them play. They're my fa- they're my favorite right now. If they stay healthy, they're my favorite. You think so? It's yeah. just it's just one yeah. of those things where they don't ever scream championship to me though. You know they haven't. I mean? That's because they haven't won one yet. No. 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 I know. I know that. I, I, but I'm just mean. Like you know, you look at the teams like ah, that one can. They could definitely, you know what I mean? Like, that, it doesn't give me that. It's like, I'm like, they're really, really good. That's how I feel about them. It's like, I, it's something not, I can't see. And I could be just, I don't watch them enough. That could be that too. Like, I can't, I'm not saying they're not a championship team. They're clearly close. Um, I, don't know. I look at, you know, formula of just like a, a side nuggets rant, but I look at formula of winning and, I think they have a lot of pieces, a lot of a lot of check marks on what you need uh, mm-hmm. from a starting lineup standpoint. Um, the reason why they're just crushing people with their half court offense is because like they have one of the best half court offenses in the NBA, probably the best one. Um, and when you have Jokic, who could get you 15 assists or 30 points on any given night, it, but, or both. Yeah, yeah. And you're just you're you're picking. You're picking which one do you which yeah. which one do you want to see happen? Um, Jamal Murray as your secondary scorer, who's become very efficient. Michael Porter Jr. is as you know explosive as a scorer as as could be. I mean, he's not shooting too well so far this year, but there's obviously lots of time. And then Aaron Gordon, um, Bruce Brown, and KCP. They're just like great role yeah. players for the Man, for that team. KCP's been great for them. Yeah. And Aaron Gordon's having like one of the best seasons of his career this year. Uh huh. I think I saw him like hundred percent. <laughs> like he's like having one of the his best yeah. seasons. Like yeah, it's it's going to um, come down to defense yeah. for them, but offensively, yeah. like they might be able to just score people out of the out of the building. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Who knows? It's going to come down to Jokic defensively. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. It's going to come. They're going to pick on them. When the playoffs come, they'll run a whole fourth quarter searching them out in pink and rose if they have to. He's gonna yeah. have to prove to me that he wants to win the championship. That's that's basically what's gonna come down to with him. That is very true. Um, the Fred Van Vliet and Scotty Barnes pick and roll um, has been pretty good so far uh, during this like new identity stretch for the Raptors. Last night, I think damn near every single bucket that Scotty got was off a Fred Van Vliet pass. Um, and this is a case where like okay. So a team's gonna look at that footage and they're gonna say, okay, we gotta, you know, we gotta nullify that advantage, right? But then the reason why you can't play like a deep drop or a drop really um, against that pick and roll is that you still got Fred as a shooter, and so Scotty setting good screens, um, the 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 guard or the the person guarding Fred can't get over the screen because the screen is set well, or maybe you're doing like the screen higher. Now Fred has a pull up jumper from three 
or from two point range. And now, or maybe he's going to be going one-on-one against a big, and it's an interesting combination. It's the reason why we love uh, the Fred and Pascal uh, pick and roll is it's, it's uh, it puts teams in a bind with the amount of ways that they can get you. And it's going to be up to two pretty smart players to just kind of snuff that out game by game, but you have options with it. And obviously teams, if you're looking at, you know, what a team's going to want to do with something like this, they're going to want to get, you know, Fred going to the basket, um, trying to convert over big bodies, or they're going to want to, they're going to challenge Scotty Barnes to hit like pull up shots from two point range or, or three or, or something like that. But I mean, Scotty, if he's trusting himself and he hasn't, he wasn't doing it for a few games, but if he's trusting his mid range jumper, and I think he should, I mean, you're going to be able to bend defenses with that. You're going to occupy them, and then you're going to be able to. Scotty's going to be able to do his thing like he did last night. Yeah, he creates such a. So the other advantage you have of a mobile five like that is that he, the way we can get in and out of screens is is I can flip them. I, I got enough. My feet are good enough to change. If you try to change the way you're guarding it, or I can, I can get out in the roll fast, hard downhill. I can pop catch. You got to close out. I can drive the guy. You can't just double the point guard because I can make an open shot. You know, I create pitch, pretty much every option out of a pick and roll you created with him and Pascal. Pascal is even more so because Pascal can makes the three at a higher clip. So, like, now that's an even bigger dynamic with that with him. But I think as far as Scotty, all his skills or his, his greater skills, yeah, so a lot, his greater skills as a playmaker and playing downhill are brought to light in the pick and roll. Because he gets to catch the ball movement, like we talked about earlier. There's space. I'm getting out, rolling hard, or or popping to the mid range, and now I got, you know, just a reaction. I don't have to like stand there and like probe. Sure. I, I'm open. I shoot it. I'm not. I drive it. I'm. He's open. I pass it. Like it puts me in a position of movement. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Yeah. Um, I was saying some of those stats earlier. Um, his average dribbles dribbles per touch during the last three games is at 1.49, but on the season, it's 2.63. And similar with Fred, average dribbles per touch, 3.96 for the season, 3.36 for during this last three-game stretch. So both those players, and I mean, those are your two playmakers, right? Um, they're getting off the ball early and they're keeping it moving. And as we talk about, you know, how do you make good offensive decisions? It is about getting everyone involved, keeping the ball moving. And really everyone, like no one's holding the ball very much. And if they are, then it's because they have an advantage and they're going to be able to cook somebody. But in the end, they're just getting things moving so much faster. And the pace and the tempo of their offense is dramatically improved. And I don't think that's going to change. If they're playing the Bucks, the Knicks, whoever, these are just things that you're you're doing with your offense. Right. And uh, you just keep on, you know, running your sets, running your next actions and just finding your advantage. And you're relying on Scotty and Fred to make those decisions. And then guess what? If there's 10 seconds left on the shot clock and you don't, don't know where to go, there's Pascal Siakam who's, who's capable of putting up 40 on any given night. Yeah. So it can't change when you play. Other people. That's the thing. Like, yeah, it, it can. That's that's one of the things that it has to become. It has to become. This is how we play. Yeah. That's true. And I'm yeah. we're good enough against mm-hmm. any type of defense to play this way. And which is true because of the type of guys, the caliber of guys you have in these actions. It's not, there's not, there's there's we're gonna match up evenly some nights, but for the most part, I'm gonna be greater than my matchup in this situation. It's so much harder to guy guard guys on the move. Like defense can't get set in shells. You can't have double teams ready unless you jump out on a handoff and that puts you in a bad spot defensively anyway. Um 
even with shooters and screeners, it creates havoc, makes people communicate, and defenses don't like to communicate. Is <laughs> what you hear everybody preaching about the whole time. Talk to each other, talk to each other. Yeah. So you know this is a problem. Attack it. So a few days ago, you uh, put something on IG. It was a photo of you and Fred Van Bleet. Mm. Why did you do that? Because that's my man. Why now? Why now? That's my guy. Like, I'm just saying, like, just to, one, everybody calm down. Like, calm the hell down. Like, you know what I mean? But, like, at the same time, showing where, you know, where my allegiance is. Like, that's my guy. Like, yeah. I ain't need to tag him and make no caption and all of that. Like, that's just, like, me showing support to my guy. Like, it was nothing really. It was that more than anything. Hmm. Like, you know, man, I ain't got to tell him, like, hey, look, I'm doing, I ain't do none of that. It's just like, look, man, that's, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's my people. He going through it, but I, the bet on itself, the side that always win. Yeah. The, the, the opinions on him are, are puzzling. Cause I, I understand, you know, the fan base and how they feel about his shooting performances and how there have been several occasions this season. Like, I mean, we can't deny this, that he's been relied on to hit like that, that shot <clears throat> late in games and he hasn't been able to hit them. And there's been a lot of like two of 11s from three and that's been going on for a good portion of the season. The past few games are, have been a little bit different. Um, and there was stretches where it's not like that, right? It's, it's actually much improved, but then maybe there's a regression. Um, and I don't know with, with Fred, like he's done so much for the franchise and there's been such a long, long relationship between the Raptors and him and things have been so good. Um, but now we're getting to a point where there's like this division um, between some some members of the fan base between like Fred and Scotty Barnes. And it's like, you can't have both is kind of the, the feeling I'm getting. And like the past, you know, last night's a great example is that Scotty Barnes was like one of the engines of the offense. Um, He takes, I don't know, like 18 shots or something like, like that. And Fred takes like seven, right. Mm -hmm. He shoots three of seven. He hits one, you know, big three late in the game um, to kind of seal it. Um, but then people are going to be online saying, well, this is why, you know, Scotty should not, Hello. <laughs> I heard her outside of the door. I knew she's about to come in here and do something too. Like That's cool. <laughs> no, for those yeah, for those listening, that was your that was your wife, right? Yeah, my wife came in. Came yeah. say hello. I think she's about to go to um to lunch with one of her friends, I think, or something. Yeah. Go do your thing. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, just it seems like people are kind of souring on Fred. Like they're not really feeling like he's a, a big part of what the Raptors are offensively. So I mean, first off, as a person who probably knows, who understands this a little bit at a different IQ than all of us because of your your NBA experience, how much is Fred doing in the Raptors' offense? I mean, I think you gotta like we talked about having nine assists last game. Yeah, we talked about a lot of things. Also, just like the headiness of him, like the way he sees the floor, the things he gets them into, the situations that he carves out aren't always going to come up in the stat sheet. There's just things you got to get from watching the game. Like, I mean, there's going to be plays. There's going to be back screens. There's going to be just a movement from the corner to the wing that sets up a play. There's a, there's so many things just his experience allows him to create for you without actually having to dribble the ball and make shots for every single play. Yeah, I know there's a there's a stretch. You know, you're missing shots, and I know everybody want to see you make shots. Like, that's, that's, that's part of the job. Like, make your shots. Like, I get it. But, like, these things – it happens this way. Now, if I can't create anything else for you by being on the floor, that is different. That that's that's different. Like I wouldn't be out here if I wasn't if I was a negative. Like I think, and I know a fan base that's hard to see. Like it's hard to. I'm watching the game and I'm like, bro, you should have. It was a minute left. We were up one. You make this shot. It seals it for us. And you miss like I. That's what I see as a yeah, fan. That's tangible. Like right, yeah, you see it right I there. I feel that. I yeah, felt it yeah, like right away because yeah, it's, yeah. it's the emotion of the game. He knew he needed to make that shot too. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, um, yeah. but like I get it. So um, no one played win and loses a game either. You know, like the situations come from the situations prior. Like, so um I, I just I just think it's 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 just the space that you gotta understand that that man is lit, help help take a team to a championship. He's seen the mountaintop. Gotta trust in the lows and trust that he's gonna come out of this. He's seen everything. Yeah. That's where I get to is that he's seen everything. He's seen so much. And now it seems like he is a 
he's a pretty malleable member of the the half court offense because uh, he's like a calming energy, right? When things are aren't really going, and I mean the past few games have been easy, right? Like you're you're facing the Charlotte Hornets, Portland Trailblazers, two teams that aren't great defensively, and uh, things are just flowing. But what happens when you face the Milwaukee Bucks like you do next week in Milwaukee, and maybe they're healthy, and it's going to be a lot harder now. That's where I think you're going to see the calming energy of, of Fred Van Bleet when the Raptors are, get, are still getting good half-court possessions despite being against a, a much better uh, defense. And uh, when it comes to like watching film and uh, just like snuffing things out ahead of time, like in pregame, um, the days leading up to a game, like I, I'm almost certain that Fred is a person going up to players and saying, keep these things in mind when we're facing the Bucks." Because this is what 100%. I saw, right? And 100%. there are players who do that, right? Like Kyle was that 100%. guy when you were in Toronto, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. You got, you want that. So being an extension of the coach and what our game plan is and what we're trying to do, and then also having the sight just to be able to have a feel and keep a pulse on the game and understand what's going on and understand what might, what even might be thrown at me. Not even what they've been doing, what they might do. If I'm already, if I already seen enough to see that space it changes the game completely, especially when it comes down to the playoffs and big games when it's just about making plays, winning games, playing on the fly. Like, it ain't nothing we can draw up. It ain't nothing they don't know about us that we don't know about them. Like, you know what I mean? It's just about us. Who going to be better tonight? Yeah. Yeah. You've mentioned that before, too, that at some point in these big game situations with three minutes left, it's about making a play. Mm-hmm. And making a play can be anything. But it's about making a play. It's that steal, um, that rotation, that hedge, that rebound, mm-hmm. that closeout. All these things matter so much. And Fred, being such a, a high basketball IQ player, he's going to do all those things. He's going to be the person who makes a play. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it's like we're having the same conversation about Kyle Lowry when Raptor fans were de- uh, <laughs> defending him to the entire NBA when people are like, why is he so good? What are you talking? Why is he an all-star? Yeah. When he has like constant lines of 12 points, seven assists and three rebounds, like you guys don't get it. And we're entering that, that space game. again with, with <laughs> yeah, we're entering that space with Fred, but it's with Raptor fans, not with the NBA as a whole. It's with Raptor fans. But That's it was like that. Me. When Kyle had a little bit of struggling, struggle with, with shooting, and he's trying to have a stretch, he go a few games. It was the oh, same way. You're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. It was right, the right, they, right, it was right, he right, was treated right, the right, same right, way. Right, it was right, like, right. well, he's not. He was still taking charges. Yeah. Still getting eight nine assists, still rebounding, mm. still doing all the stuff. But if he was one for seven for three, because yeah. it's, the, it's the three pointer, it's the shot. Like, yeah, yeah. That's what that's what I see. Mm. I saw you miss that shot. I didn't see you. I didn't see you switch three times on defense, tag the roller, and be in position to break up the live play they were trying to run. I didn't see that. Well, I didn't see you call out. I didn't hear you call out the play they called and told everybody was about to happen. You know what I mean? Like that's that. I can't see that for my TV. Yeah. Yep. Fred has stressed to us that he's still the exact same player that he was before his injury last season. Right. And uh, that's when his season, um, his season, the Raptor season took a took a turn because he wasn't the same player and he was he was an all star last year. So December um, 2021. Right. 2021. Yeah. 2021. 22 points, five rebounds, eight assists. Then January, where he really clinched um, his all star appearance. He played 40 minutes per game in January. uh, 24 points, four rebounds. Again, eight assists. So he is still that player, but you are net, we're, we're, we're entering this phase of the Raptors within what they're trying to do. And they're trying to find ways to utilize everybody. And he's being asked to do a lot less on ball stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there were, there's so many occasions last season and also earlier in the season where like, you know, possessions aren't going well. Uh, they double, they double Pascal or just, there isn't a lot of player movement and he, there's Fred with the ball with 10 seconds left and he has to make a play. And I think some people look at that as him being selfish saying, I'm going to, I have to go, I'm going to go do something now. He's like, no, but they didn't have options. <laughs> there weren't options. Like when you have the ball in your hands, no one's right. moving, nothing's happening. And it's like Fred looking at a big, whoever's in front of him. He's like, well, I guess I got to do this now. Mm-hmm. And you just hope for the best. And he was saddled with that responsibility a lot. And the fact it's not happening now is good, right? I don't I don't think it's good that he only took eight shots last night. I think uh, there's probably, maybe that could just be like game flow kind of a thing, but he only took like two or two threes. 
You want to see Fred still around seven, eight. But yeah, that's but, gonna happen if we're gonna yeah. play like the way we're talking about. Like yeah, we're yeah, just yeah. chasing the flow, chasing mm-hmm. the game, chasing the matchup, just playing free. And there are gonna be nights where the defense is not gonna present shots to you. There's gonna be nights. There's gonna be nights. You're gonna do everything you're supposed to do. You're gonna move the right way. They're just locked in on you, or just the way some things before unfolded. It's just not gonna present this 15 shots tonight. And it could be seven one night. And next game, it could be 21. Mm-hmm. Just because of the way that team defends. That's the thing. Like, if we're going to play the same every night and it's going to be, and that involves us attacking the defenses, things are going to change because defenses are going to change. Definitely. It's a weird, like, it's, it's the same, but it's different every night. Yeah. Like, like, you know what I mean? So that's not a bad thing. And, and winning the game shouldn't, it shouldn't, it shouldn't upset nobody either. Mm-hmm. I know that's from like the other side, the fan base. You're saying like, well, he, he didn't take that many shots. He needs these numbers still aren't that great. That's not the point. Like if I don't have to have Pascal take 35 shots, hard shots to win me the game, I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want that to happen. I'd rather him shoot 11 for 13. Yeah. A quiet I 35. Have, you know I, mean? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want, yeah. I know, I know that's the, the hero look of it. Like the guy save, and it's going to be nice. He's going to save us like that. Gonna be nights. He's gonna he's gonna be so opposing. He's gonna do that. But like, I don't want to have to do that. Or not for my team. Hmm. And we just talked about the Fred and Scotty pick and roll and how it was defended last night. Uh, next game against the Atlanta Hawks, they could do it differently. They got Clint Capella, right? So maybe uh, maybe they are in some kind of a drop. I don't think they want to have Clint Capella going to the level against Fred, so they're probably going to be in some kind of drop. Maybe Fred ends up taking eight threes. Maybe he makes five of them. Guess what? Now look at that. That's 15 points. That just happened. And so this is what you're talking about, is that you do play the same way, but there's decision make decisions being made within that structure, and that's where Fred thrives. He's going to make the right decisions. He's going to make the right decisions. That's the one thing he's going to do. Like, And and we'd be talking about that more if he was shooting better right now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the biggest thing. Cause now you can try to, if you look at his numbers, you can say him shooting wasn't the best decision because he missed it. You know what I'm trying to say? Like in hindsight, you can say that, but you can say, why does he keep shooting? Like he's not making good decisions. No, that was the, that was the best decision in the, in the, in the situation. Exactly. Was my shot. That was the best shot. Yeah. That's what you want in every possession. The best shot. Cause people make a lot of bad shots. Also. Yo, Terry Rozier past two games. <laughs> I don't think he took one good shot, but he, went off in both games. That's what I'm saying. So, like, yeah. now we, we get to say, because it went in, oh, he's great. Not to say he isn't, because he's making hard shots, but that doesn't mean it was a good shot. That was that was probably a better shot. He just made it. Lingering over all this is the fact that he has a player option after this season, and there have been a lot of conversations around, you know, what he's going to do, um, the offers and things like that. There's a piece that was published uh, from Tim Bontemps, I believe, of ESPN. And Fred kind of put it on the table saying, like, look, I'm not going to make it easy on them and they're not going to make it easy on me. But we're going to talk about this after the season. And that kind of language, I think, would probably, between that and also Scotty, you know, embracing this playmaking role and, like, he wants to be a Magic Johnson type. Magic Johnson was a point guard. So you're just from that, like, kind of stuff, you, you wonder, like, is there a space for Fred? And even within Vision 6-9, he is an outlier, right? He doesn't really fit with that. And with the contract stuff and everything we're talking about, there is reason why I think some people would be like, what is Fred's future with the Raptors? Um, we don't got to get into that too much, but I just I think that is part of the conversation around him. Is he's even going to be here next season? I think I think we also got to... Like the his his language, the wording coming from him is not business no more because the players said it that way. Yeah, I think that doesn't mean that he don't want to be there or that they don't want him. And I think it's the business side of it. Yeah. Like you 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 treat it that way and you keep like, I, it's a it's a weird space for the players to speak that way. I mean, it's not, but like I think it's taken weirdly because mm-hmm. they it's almost like they that's the player he shouldn't be talking about. Well, you brought the business question to me. So I answered it. <laughs> what you, know you want what me mean? to do, right? Yeah, like you want me to say no comment, oh, yeah. <laughs> or you want me to be like, yeah, I'll take whatever they give me. Like, no, that's not what I'm gonna do, or vice versa. They're gonna take whatever I say. That's not what's gonna happen. It is business. Like, I, and I think it's it's weird, and I think that's why he didn't want to talk about it. No, and uh, I think that's reality. He shouldn't need to talk about it. And him saying, 
I'm going to make it hard on them and they're going to make it hard on me. That's how every negotiation goes. <laughs> That's how it is. But another part of the Raptors and their success so far um, during this recent stretch is bench production. And they got Precious back. Uh, they've tried a few different lineups. Christian Coloco, who, by the way, I spoke to um, a few days ago. You guys can check it out, the interview on, on YouTube. He was delightful, really, really smart kid. As I said to him, 22 going on 30. Guy's, uh, <laughs> guy's so mature for his age. Um, he's going to be a good one. But um, they've tried a few different lineups out. One was, you know, Gary Trent Jr. with uh, four other bench players. It was Malachi Flynn, Precious, Coloco, and Chris Boucher. That had some legs, but last night they did things a little bit differently. That could have just simply been because they were facing Charlotte in one of these like, you know, back-to-back situations where you don't want to let them know what you're doing. But also, I mean, this play style does help the Raptors uh, use some of their bench players more effectively. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it, it brings on that, that um, what's the, a continuity that allows you to give these different looks and to be able to throw people off they off they rocker a little bit. Yeah. You know, and it gives and it gives guys on your team to be able to play different ways. So some nights, you know, the guys that have got it got it going shooting it well from the corners, we we can start to make things interchangeable as the game goes because everybody's got a feel of the floor. And now right. I can mix lineups down the down the stretch later a little bit better because I've got guys in this rhythm where I can trust it with throw them in the game. It presents a situation where yeah. we can mix and mingle guys better because they've had a rhythm from being in the game and being able to mm. get their own touches and produce their own um, shots from just us playing a certain way. And now I can put in a guy who's four for five in the fourth quarter if somebody else is not shooting it well. I can sub an sure. office defense type situation. I can do these things. And I think that's what having that whole second unit provides. And it just provides a fresh punch some nights. Like you said, a back-to-back. I can put in five fresh bodies that can make a lead, break a lead down, or take one further. It's a great thing. Pascal is playing the most of every, anyone, and it's been around like 37, 36, 35. Mm-hmm. That's how most of the league typically goes. And um, what's been helpful for them is that when you have Christian Coloco, Precious the Chew, and Chris Boucher um, as your back line, you're playing zone defense, a lot of long arms, very, very long arms. And then you in the front, you have like a Malachi and Gary Trent. Like this, your baseline defensively is so good. You might get some runouts out of that, some transition. And then mm-hmm. on the other side of the ball, you know, you have Malachi Flynn, who's able to at least tap into a bit of his pick and roll game. And then if everything goes to SHIT, um, you have Gary Trent Jr., who is just a bucket getter. And so mm-hmm. you can toss it off to him. Even if it's like eight possessions in your half-court offense and you just are giving it to him, he's going to make two or three. Mm-hmm. But your defensive baseline is so good. So usually, in most cases, I mean, we got to see the, this this against uh, other teams, but you're going to at least, you're not going to get killed in a four or five minute stretch the way you were probably earlier on the season. That's going to help your players get some more rest. There's so much energy that they can bring as a unit too. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you, throw in the, you throw in the factor that what they can do to the crowd, you know, yeah. the effect they have on the arena, on the home floor, because you got a whole second unit in there playing differently with a different energy, and they're getting to see guys a little bit more that they didn't used to get to see. Uh, you know, there's always, you know, people love Chris Boucher. People love Christian. People love Gary Chen Jr. when he's getting when he's getting uh, lots of shots, when he's scoring. Yeah. You know, it changes. the People want to see Malachi. Like, they do. Like, they, they want to see him. So now you get a chance to them to – have this effect on the whole building from producing because there's, there's another factor to it. You know, it's not just about them being great basketball players. It's like people came here to see them. Um, 100%. And, I, and I think that's a thing that, you know, it's kind of under, we don't, we don't talk about it enough because we want to talk straight about the basketball and, the, and, but like think about what they do for the morale just in general. Um, That's a different thing. It gives the other unit confidence coming back in the game, get real rest. Um, trust is built for the team over the year that's incomparable. Mm-hmm. No. Um, and I think the more and more we can see them do that, the more we can see them produce and grow in that confidence, they can become their own mob. Like they can be a mob that in that type of thing because yeah, people are gonna have to plan for them. We gotta uh-huh. have we gotta be prepared for that. Yeah. And that changes the way other teams play. They take out starters earlier so they can be. So now your starting lineup's better because they're getting starters out of the because they want to be able to hold the punch from the second unit. There's so yeah, many yeah. different things that affect teams. Definitely. 
And we haven't even talked about Wancho, but this style of play, this play style appeals so much more to his skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, the shooting has been up and down a little bit, but I think it's reasonable to say that he is a fit much better into this kind of play style into this mm-hmm. kind of way of, of their of their offense even last night um there was a case where like he cut baseline og had a nice little bounce pass to him and he got a layup out of it those were his only two points but then he also had two assists on a few nice swing passes um he had three rebounds like you're you're able to you know plop these guys in with this play style so much more effectively and i think that's what you usually want and the raptors actually overall they want to be able to just plop guys in and it shouldn't matter who's on the court necessarily, as long as you have a few of your staples, but playing this way allows everyone to be more effective. Yeah. It, it, it creates opportunity, creates space, creates opportunity for guys to be able to make basketball plays, to be able to react and, and read what the defense is giving us. You give them a base set and you allow yeah. them to attack whatever they can attack. And everybody feels a part of it. And he's good at that too. Precious Achua uh, is finding a bit of a groove, you know, it's only been a few games. He missed like 25 or so. He said that that's like the longest he's ever not played basketball during a, that's a season. That's crazy, right? That's yeah. Crazy and that's thing. hard, man. 25 games. But look, over the next few years is, you know, what is Precious Achua gonna, <laughs> gonna be? And how do you make that happen? How do you make him uh, exactly like a, a core member of, of the roster? And for him, um, you know, seeing him, you know, curling around screens and getting in the paint, attacking in transition, popping on threes, catching shoots, that's what they need from him. And there's reason to believe that he's going to be able to do that a little bit faster than I actually I thought this season um, after missing so many games. So with Precious, I think the biggest thing is about just catching him and giving him opportunities to get comfortable, even more comfortable, seeing him move right, seeing him be able to make plays, seeing his instinct starts to come out because he's starting to trust himself, his conditioning and all the things and falling in the rhythm, I think there's going to be some ups and downs offensively just from, you know, makes and misses the leg standpoint. Still, it takes longer than no matter what you're doing to get ready, you can be to get, it'll give you a base, but you're still not going to be in game shape without playing games. Like in, in tip top game shape, the way that guy can bring energy and the way he can be able to do things on the floor. It's going to take some time to get there to be able to do it consistently. How long does it take? Like, I don't know. I mean, I mean it'd be hard to say, but like, is it like 10 games? Do you start feeling like yourself more? I think that's a, I think that's a, I think it can get, I don't think, I think 10 is like almost high. Yeah. If we're playing, especially there's a lot of games. And when I first come back, there's a good stretch. I think a handful of games can really just kind of hmm. get you to a point where it's like, all right, now we got to start being like making this stacking good games on top of good games. CJ, another fun episode with you, sir. Three-game win streak. They take on the Atlanta Hawks tomorrow, and then they head on the road. And then at the end of the month, they're out for a West Coast road trip that is very, very, very nasty. It's a nasty road trip. But actually, last season, if we want to, you know, half glass full, this is where we were just like, okay, this team is actually starting to figure it out. Mm -hmm. I think they went like four and two on the six-game road trip last season, and that's when they really started to cook. And they started making their, their team, way up the standings. Yeah, they have not won on the road. No, they're not playing well. On the road. They're not. They're not playing no. well on the road. No. So that's a big confidence booster too, because we know winning teams got to win on the road. Like the yeah, great teams got to win on yeah. the road. Like Absolutely. you got to win, win a championship. You got to win on the road. Definitely, it's all very important. So everyone, listen to Mass Fresco, Apple Music, Spotify, wherever, and yeah, wherever uh, exactly, and Strictly Hoops. Hopefully, we're going to be back next week for another episode. Especially. (laughs) Yes. Strictly hopes especially. Um, But, uh, yeah, we are going to be back hopefully next week. And hopefully, we're talking about a few more Raptors wins and how how great things are going. Five-game win streak, six-game win streak, whatever. Need it. Can't win. Can't win. Can't win four till you win three. Can't win five till you win four. Exactly. (laughs) Kyle Korver, NBA legend. All right, everyone. (laughs) Talk soon. Yes.